Welcome to a Longer Table podcast, a space for real and sometimes hard conversations that will often challenge your perspective and always empower you to pull up more seats around your own table. I'm your host, Amanda Carpenter. Let's dive in. The conversation you're about to hear is with my new friend, Corey. She's an activist, actress, model, and so much more. She helps break social stigmas surrounding transgender women because she herself is a transgender woman. Corey, we met at a nail salon in LA, and I love this story because it's so typical of who I am. I'm curious if it's typical of who you are, to meet someone, to have a full-blown conversation and kind of get to know them, and then to follow up with like, here's my number, or here's my Instagram, and then to be sitting at a table with them a few weeks to months later. Definitely. That's the beauty of LA. Some of the beauty of LA, for sure. I've had like pretty interesting stories about like meeting someone at a coffee shop and then a couple months later I'm like pitching a show with them in Hulu and Netflix and HBO and like all these different places and I'm like, how did this happen? But that's just a city like LA or New York. You know, you just never know what can happen. Yeah. Where are you from? Where are you born and raised? I was born originally. I'm from Los Angeles, um, middle school and high school. I was in New Jersey and I went to college in New York and then I moved back to Los Angeles five years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't often meet people in LA who are from LA. Yeah. So that's really unique. Most people are transplants. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you from? We're, we're from South Bend, Indiana area. Okay. Lived in Chicago for five years and now we're here. Got it. Yeah. I love that. So tell me a little bit about your childhood. Did you grow up in a two-parent household? Did you have any siblings? What sure. was your childhood like? Um, I did grow up with my stepdad and my mom, um, had a relationship with my father and my stepmom as well, but my parents divorced when I was like 18 months old. So, um, I grew up with really four parents. Um, and when I was younger, we moved from Los Angeles, to New Jersey. So obviously my relationship with my biological father and my stepmom were estranged because of distance, but also not the best people. Mm. Um, And yeah, and then I grew up on the East Coast and my mom always describes me as like a very happy kid. Mm. I was always happy and lovey and excited and I would be really okay wearing whatever I was wearing to school, but then come home and I would immediately start playing dress up and play with makeup. My mom's a cosmetologist, so I was always like in her makeup drawer and playing with my hair and wearing all of her clothes. Um, And I grew up pretty happy. And I think around high school is when that sort of started to taper off. Okay. So let's talk about this. Your name is Corey. Yeah. Has it always been Corey? Yes. Has it always been spelled the way that you spell it? Um, yes. But for the first couple of hours, it was C-O-R-Y. And my mom just felt like that wasn't right. It didn't sit with her well. And so she changed it to E-Y. Within which, the first few hours? Oh, yeah. Like within 12 hours, it was E-Y. And obviously, thank God, because EY is the unisex spelling and RY mm. is the male spelling. So it's very interesting how that happened. So when your mom had you, they announced, it's a boy. Yep. Probably, which is yep. typical which in the she hospital. No, yeah, until she gave birth and she was convinced that I was going to be a girl and felt that giving birth to me was very different than my brother. And being pregnant with me, with me was very different than my brother, who's older. And, um, yeah, and she was convinced and wanted to name me Julie and 
was stumped with what to name me. And her best friend was like, well, what about Corey? Like, can't you see all the girls in high school saying, look at that hot babe, Corey? And my mom was like, yeah, sure. Uh, Susan O's decided that I'd be hot and that I'd be like getting girls. So, you know, one of those happened. Um, But yeah, it's very interesting. Like from the jump, my mom was just very, something was felt different about me than with my brother. Like a mother's intuition. Mm -hmm. And so she changed that spelling so that it was unisex. Mm -hmm. At what point when you were little, did you or did your mom or dad or a relative who, I guess the question, it's a two part question. Who realized that your assigned gender did not match? I'm totally going to mess this Mm-mm. up. Correct me if I'm wrong here. So far, so good. Uh, your assigned gender did not match your sex. Sure. Um, well, it was never a question for me. So as far back as you can remember, you've been a, a female. Yeah, I was always naturally drawn to the more feminine things from pretty much day one. And even going back to my mom, like she would dress me in pinks and purples and, you know, more feminine color, quote unquote, feminine colors where my brother, she would do like orange, you know, it was the 90s, oranges and greens and like yellows. Um, And I asked for a Barbie and for a Cinderella dress at two. And because I you know, saw, watched the same things my brother watched, but I identified more with the girls and the princesses where he identified more with like, you know, I don't know, the princes or G.I. Joe or whatever it was. And so I asked from that from two years old and started dressing up and was happy to do that. And of course, everyone thought I was just going to be gay. No one really was talking about transgender. And if they were, they were saying cross-dresser or which is something real, but not what transgender is or transsexual things like that um and so gay was what people really thought I would be because I was just so feminine and I felt feminine my whole life and there's nothing really that masculine about me like I'm just genuinely not interested in masculine things so yeah okay so for as far back as you can remember you were a girl you were Mm -hmm. a female that's how you identified as Mm -hmm. when did that come to a place where Maybe there was a point of tension in your story or or maybe a parent recognized it. I, I'm, I guess I'm getting to the point of when did you realize, like, I want to change the way I'm identified as or I want to maybe let everyone around me know this is who I am. You're sure. seeing me or identifying me incorrectly. Yeah. Um, I think the first sense that I got that I was assigned male or masculine was in the fifth grade they had they split up the boys and the girls the girls learned about getting their periods the boys learned like put on deodorant I was like why am I not learning about getting a period I want a vagina I want to and that's where I really realized something I always knew that I was different I knew that parents were uncomfortable with me playing dress up with their kids I knew certain things made other people uncomfortable but that's when I realized like oh this is something I can't change or so I thought and Then we went off to middle school and I learned the term gay and I just didn't identify with it. I didn't feel like what I thought gay was, which was a boy liking another boy. I just didn't identify with that. And I knew I liked boys, but I just didn't feel like one either. And really started to pray every night, like, please, God, let me wake up a girl. Let me wake up with a vagina. I want to be a girl and just started basically living in a fantasy world all day long, like 24-7. You would see me walk down the hallway, but in my head I was walking down the hallway as a girl. 
And in the seventh grade or eighth grade, it was career day. And a mom came in to show her advertisements of different magazines. And inside, every kid in class got a different magazine. And inside, the one that I got was a People magazine. And there was a story of a trans boy. And I saw the word transgender and the sentence that he used was, I feel trapped in the wrong body. And I immediately knew it was, I was in class and I just remember my eyes bulging. I was like, oh my God, like, this is it. This is exactly wow. how I identify. I feel trapped, which now I go against that. I'm not trapped in the wrong body. You know, this is who I am. I was put in this body in this life for a reason. And, you know, being transgender is very real. Um, but at the time, the words I only had was trapped. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly how I felt. And that's when I started to identify with it. And I hemmed and hawed over it for a couple of weeks. I showed the article to my mom. I said, you know, is this girl like pretending not not to be a lesbian or is she really trans? Like, is this thing trans? My mom was like, no, this is real. And I think she had been waiting. She didn't ever want to push anything on me. She didn't yeah. ever want me to feel like, oh, she told me about trans. So that's what I am. So when I found it and discovered it, she was so happy because it was on my own terms. Yeah. And um, then a couple of days later, I told her I want to be a girl. And we had a conversation. I told her about it and my fantasies. And we started the search for someone who would see me and help me transition, which took a couple of years. Wow. Mm. So your mom, though, was a safe person for you, was fully supportive, fully on board. And and it sounds like knew this kind of all along and just yeah. kind of waited for you to grow up and sort of realize this and verbalize mm-hmm. it. She's my fiercest protector. In mm-hmm. kindergarten, um, the teacher had had my brother already and was so excited to have me. And when I started playing dress up in class, she told me I couldn't play dress up. And during like recess. My mom went in there and said, do not ever tell my child what they can or cannot do, especially in their free time. And if you do this again, I'll bury you in so much paperwork, your head will spin. And the teacher never said a word to me again. So I kind of knew. I like your mom already. Yeah, she's a badass. She's a badass. (laughs) And ahead of her time, really young mom, you know, like she had me at 27 or 28. She had my brother at 24. She was a single mother. You know, she was dating my stepdad, but she was a single mother, a badass ahead of her time. And she just never wanted her kids to feel marginalized or yeah. ousted because you and I are probably similar in age yeah I'm 28 okay I just turned 30 okay. so so yeah this is like the 90s when this is not um I mean because even today like I even warned you going into this conversation I might say something wrong and please correct me uh because we I think and now being on the west coast I can say there's a huge um awakening and uh for lack of better words just uh, a liberation movement yeah liberation Mm. movement thank you um with all of this and so I can only imagine how possibly alone your mom or you both of you felt as you went through this in the 90s as a child definitely she definitely felt alone for sure. I mean, I did, of course, but she got the brunt of it. Parents, when I started transitioning in high school, I mean, parents called her being like, how dare you let your child do this? Your child's going through a phase. Corey wants attention. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. I mean, she people literally looked us up in the phone book and called our house and complained and yeah. complained to the school. And my high school was like, mm, well, too bad. Yeah, I believe it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I do. Do you think... 
Was there ever a point for you or your mom of hesitation to move forward with the transition? And and tell us a little bit about the transition, if you don't mind. I guess I'm naive. Does a transition mean taking hormones? Does it mean having surgeries? Could it be all of those sure. things? It's different to everyone. I say that there are no two people on the entire planet that are the same. So no two transitions for transgender people are going to be the same. For me, and there's no version of complete either. That's the same either. Um, For me, my version of complete was going to be um, what we used to call sexual reassignment surgery. It's called gender affirmation surgery now or gender confirmation, depending on who's saying it. Um, But for me, it started with hormones. I had to see an endocrinologist, which you don't necessarily need to do these days. Um, Remember, this is like 13 years ago. (laughs) Um, I saw an endocrinologist. I had a therapist, Margie. took my mom a couple years for her to see me. I was a junior when I started my transition, which I started growing up my hair, and my mom asked me if I wanted to start wearing her clothes, so I did, and I looked super androgynous for a long time. We found Margie, and she said, we should start you on hormone blockers because you're just starting to go through puberty, and your voice is just starting to deepen, so if we get you on blockers now, you won't grow facial hair, you won't grow body hair, like you won't, I was supposed to be like 5'11", and I'm 5'5". So um, we started on hormone blockers, which is why it's so important that our country gets behind blockers because it allows a child, even if a child is going through a quote unquote phase with their gender, it gives the child the time to decide what they want to do with their own body. And that's why blockers were so important. It gave me the time to go through high school and decide. And at the end of high school, I started estrogen. Um, And then after my first year of college, I had surgery. Um, So that's my transition and to the hesitation no I could not have been more excited my friends gave me clothes like my mom gave me her clothes I was super stoked I think my mom's hesitation was out of um just wanting to make sure I was always safe and that I was okay and that I was you know safe in the world and in and at school yeah and her hesitation with that was like you know we didn't know much about Hormones back then, you know, a lot of people said, oh, if you take synthetic estrogen, you might get breast cancer or, you know, which anyone could get breast cancer. And it's not going to stop me from that, from, you know, living the rest of my life. But yeah, I mean, I think she hesitated in that way, not because she didn't believe me, not because she didn't want this for me, but just because she wanted me to always be safe. And when was the right time to do it? Which she realized very quickly, the time is right now or never. Because we wanted me to be able to transition well and go off to college and live a normal life. So, yeah. So, wow. I'm taking this all in and I'm amazed because I feel like there's probably a lot of people who have a similar story but have a parent who wasn't supportive. So, I, I it's not lost on me like what a gift your mom is in your life. And it sounds like you have so much respect for her. I do. So, when you went through this transition... One of the first things that come to my mind is how did people at school react? Because you were in high school. You ended up the first prom queen, first transgender prom queen ever. Mm. How did that happen? Um, I always fantasized about being the blonde, popular, cool girl. It's all I saw in film and television was that we idolized slightly stupid, um, blonde, white, cool, rich girls. And I thought that to be accepted as a woman, I had to become one. And I definitely had a Regina George energy about me for years, um, all of high school and half of college. And I 
had an idea of running for prom queen because not that I knew I would be the first, but because I just thought it'd be sick. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome if I could do this. And I'd feel validated that everyone thought I was cool and pretty and whatever. And I made a Facebook. I know there really wasn't much behind it. I think I made a Facebook status like vote for me for prom queen and homeroom tomorrow. And people got word of it. And Facebook was like the only thing. And uh, everyone did it. And I think I won 99. I think there was only one person who did not vote for me. And she was the mean girl and she voted me for prom king. Um, Uh. mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, so I think people were behind it, whether or not they were really for it or they thought it was a joke or whatever it was. It just kind of worked out in my favor. Um, And yeah, and it was awesome. It was like the first night where I realized if I wanted something badly enough and I put my whole heart and soul and thought about it, wrote about it, spoke about it, and basically manifested it, it could happen. Hmm. Um, And it was like a dream come true. And it was like a movie moment, which is why we're now making a movie about it. Yeah, full circle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And when does the movie come out, by the way? Well, it should film this summer, so I'm not sure. I'm hoping by the end of 2022 or uh, spring of 2023. So within a year. They take time, for sure. Oh, they certainly do. (laughs) We've been writing this for like seven and a half years. It was purchased three years ago, two and a half years ago. So it's been a long time coming. Yeah. But what a cool full circle moment. Mm -hmm. I love that we focused so much of this conversation around the positives, your journey of really self-discovery and loving yourself and then moving towards a closer version of yourself through different medical procedures and whatever. Mm. I guess I am curious, like, have there been low moments in your journey? Have there been moments where either you were angry with yourself or were you ever angry with God? I'm not sure if you have like any faith beliefs, but I, I would be curious to know, like, were you ever angry at the universe or God or however you want to put it for like essentially having to go through this? I know you, you've embraced it and it's your journey. It's your story, but do you ever wish you could have just been born with a vagina and named assigned a female from birth and avoided all the pain that you probably endured along the way? Absolutely. Um, I know I get this question a lot. Everyone's like, wow, your life is so happy and positive because that's what I've built is I want people to know that we can be young and cool and sexy and successful and loved and happy Um, because there are so many horrible stories about trans people, specifically black trans women, women of color. Um, And those stories need to be heard, but happy ones need to be heard too, which is why I share so much about that. But I have definitely had my fair share of bullying and in the sense of not physical necessarily, but mean comments, people saying nasty things to me or behind my back lost a couple of friends along the way, um, you know, all in high school. Um, and when I was, when I think I realized what transgender was, was when I started to say, why me? Like, God, why me? Why did I have to be born a girl? I stopped believing in God. And I thought, you know, why did this ha- why, why did this have to happen to me? Why couldn't I have just been born with a vagina or just been born a girl? And I felt that way for years. Um, from middle school through co- through college. And my junior year, I studied abroad in Amsterdam. And I wrote a research paper on the difference in transitioning between the U.S. and the Netherlands because I was a sociology minor and I studied the sociology of gender and sexuality. And of course you did. <laughs> came easy to me. Um, and in the paper, I had to um, interview other trans people. So I interviewed these people in Amsterdam, which was really the frontier of transitioning um, in in Europe. 
and really all over the world. And upon talking with both a trans man and a trans woman, I realized like, oh, trans people have been around since the beginning of time. And it's only in recent history that we've ostracized them and ostracized sexuality and gender within itself. Um, back to the Aztecs, Incas, Mayans, and, and, and visualizing everything on their pottery and ancient China. And even in Indonesia, they have, you know, in, this third gender intersex. And it's always been around. There's been uh, studies shown of mummies that were, had like male genetic bones done, um, buried in female style. So it's really been around forever, um, but we just never had the push behind it. And um, I, when I realized that was when I stopped saying, why me? And I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm in this body in this lifetime for a very specific reason, which to me is to prove that trans women can be anything that we want and can grow up and be happy and, and loved and successful. And that's when I stopped with all of that. And, um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a nice change of pace. And that's kind of where the Regina George complex started to dissipate and I became happier. I was very, um, subconsciously very angry with the world and made a ton of mistakes and have treated people very poorly in my past, especially in college because I lived stealth, which means I did not disclose to anyone in college that I transitioned, including my boyfriend. Um, and that weighed very heavily on me. I didn't really even know the damage I was doing to my mental health when I was living essentially in secret for so, five years. So that actually leads to another question, which I, I really believe there is so much freedom when we come out of hiding. It's something I talk about often. And so I love that you're saying this. My question is, you've chosen now to live a very public life where, you know, people who follow you on social media or meet you find out pretty quickly. You're like, yeah, I, I transitioned. Mm. I'm transgender. Mm. Um, what what was it what was it that motivated you in college not to do that was it fear do you think or were you just so excited that you fully embraced being a female at that point and no one would have known otherwise so you're just like i'm not going to tell them it was a lot of things um mostly safety no one was talking about what it meant to be transgender because Caitlyn Jenner had not come out when i was in college was when Laverne Cox was on Orange is the New Black which was huge you know, it was a very different time when I went off to college. It was 2011. And we have made so much progress in 11 years, but there was just no one was really talking about it in a nice way, at least. So it was out of safety. I wanted to live a quote unquote normal life. And I had what we used to call passing privilege. Passing privilege is made up of two things, your socioeconomic background. So can you afford to transition uh, hormones, new closet, therapy, all that stuff, and your genetic makeup? Do you, for a trans woman, are you smaller frame? Do you look like your mom? Whatever, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. which is extremely problematic. We No trans person should have to look any sort of way, talk any sort of way, walk any sort of way, dress any sort of way to appease anyone else. But society is deemed what makes a woman and what makes a man. And so I had all of this passing privilege, all of, all of it in the world, um, not only because I was white, and, but pretty and young and small. Yeah, so, and looking at you now, I know people can't see you that are listening to this, but they'll see your photos as we as we, you know, release the episode. Like I would have never known that you weren't born a female. Right. And I think that's kind of the ticket right there is that I can prove to people like we're different than what you think. We aren't these quote unquote man in a dress. We're not a cross dresser. We don't 
all look like Caitlyn Jenner and transition later in life. Like we can transition young and be, you know, and not to say every trans person in the world is gorgeous, not to say every trans person in the world is a nice person or a good person, but we can be, you know, all beautiful and all those things. And so that's why I decided to live a public life was to start proving people wrong. I was in the rooms with people in college and uh, right after college, talking about Laverne Cox, talking about Caitlyn Jenner, talking about these trans people in such a negative way. And I was like, if only you knew who was in the room with you right now. Yeah. If only you knew how much you were attracted to a trans woman. And um, when I came out, it was a big shock to everyone I had met for five years because I came out a year after I graduated from college, including my boyfriend. Like, shocked to him, accepted it. He was like, you know, I loved you for you, and that's great, and, like, you're beautiful, and no ill will. I had so many positive messages. People were just a little shocked. Yeah. But everyone was really, really lovely about it because they had seen me for five years. They had known me. So they were able to just love me for me, and that proves within itself I've done my job. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. That's amazing. I love that people were so lovely about it. And I love that you do share the positives. And I love that you're living a public life and that you're willing to come onto my podcast and chat chat with me and we can learn together, my listeners and I. Um, what is something you wish people wouldn't assume about you or you wish people wouldn't assume about trans people in general? I would hope that people know that it's okay to be around us and to not be uncomfortable. I think we learn by being uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable to be comfortable. But I, in my life, witnessed a lot of people like not wanting to give me a hug or take something from my hand or just be awkward around me, especially guys um, that knew I was trans. But like, you know, and I think guys think this in general about women, but like not every woman wants to sleep with you, you know? And like every guy I think thinks like, oh, she's going to want to sleep with me if I'm nice to her or like things like that. But I think in a general sense, I think I want people to know that it's okay to be around us and that we're humans and we have our ups and downs like everybody else. And we're not trying to like go into your bathroom and rape your kids. We're not trying to like see you pee. We're not trying to cause a ruckus. We just want to be accepted. And not only do we want acceptance, we want equity and equality. We want to be treated like everybody else. If we're an asshole, or I don't know if I can call Oh, you're like, fine. Yeah. If we're an asshole, then you can treat us like an asshole. But if we're a good person, then know that we're a good person. And I think we we deserve respect. And I think on that, I don't think everyone understands just how hard this journey is emotionally, physically. Um, You know, it's not like I just woke up one day and I thought my life would be easier to be a girl. This is hard and it's work and it's inner work and it's outer work if you so choose. And it's not a reason for attention or anything other than the fact that we just want to be ourselves. And people need to accept that. And I, I hope people can understand that we're not trying to do anything but live our lives as happiest as we can be. And we don't want problems. We just want to be. Yeah, I love that you brought up the bathroom example because I remember in, gosh, I don't even know what year it was. I think I was a freshman in college when there was kind of this uproar in the Christian community, or at least I heard about it through that lens because I grew up in this Christian community where it was like, 
oh my gosh, like there's going to be men going into women's restrooms. And there's going to be women going into men's restrooms. And there was a lot of fear and a lot of, I mean, I've got to admit, like even at that point in time, I probably, I don't recall like anything explicitly that I said or thought, but I, I, if I was, if I'm really, really honest, I probably uh, was a part of those conversations. Like, yeah, isn't that horrible? Like child molesters or whatever, almost like perpetuating this really false narrative that's really harmful. And so apologies to you and all of the transgender community for that. And I love that you're bringing up like no one was trying to fight to get into a restroom that for any reason other than I am a woman. I've gone through my transition. I'm a female. I identify as female. I look like a female. You look like female. And you want to go into the female restroom and use the restroom just like any other female would. Totally. And it's actually us that are really more in danger than anyone else because if we aren't quote unquote passable or whatever, we will get beaten up. We will get thrown out. We will get murdered. It's happening. It happens every year. And that's why we have Transgender Day of Visibility and Transgender Day of Remembrance. It happens. Um, and I appreciate your honesty. And, and um, you know, I think it's just going to take time for people to come to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. We're all on this learning journey. I mean, gosh, since I've moved to LA alone, I have had like a crash course in pronouns and I feel really (laughs) silly admitting that. But at 30 years old, we just moved to LA and I had never called anyone other than like she or he or him or her. And now I'm using they and them and I'm, I'm learning. And thankfully people have been really gracious. And Mm. so no one's been upset when I've gotten it wrong. And, you know, I'm always working on that. Um, and I'm, I personally believe, you know, as a person who's trying to follow Jesus, that my role is not to determine what's right or wrong, or if someone's motives are pure, or if they're telling the truth or anything like that, my job is to love them. And so if they feel the most loved, if I say they, when I'm talking about them or, you know, to them and things like that, then so be it. I think as a lot of Christians kind of get their panties in a bunch, for lack of better words, um, over all this stuff. And yeah, it can be hard. It can be frustrating, especially if you don't relate. But um, I just think Jesus was such an inclusive, welcoming, empathetic person when he was on this earth. And if I'm unsure about my faith, if I'm unsure about God, uh, that's fine. But at least I have uh, the recorded life of Jesus in the Bible to model my life around or to do my best to follow. And I I think it's pretty clear how Jesus would have been in these situations in 2022. Absolutely. Um, There's a woman named Melinda Hale, who I follow on Instagram. She talks about the same sort of things. Like, this is not what Jesus would have wanted. Like, the word of Jesus is so different than what people are misconstruing it as. And, you know, I know a lot of people have problems with with Christians when it comes to, like, that culty aspect of, like, you have to do this, da-da-da-da. Like, I don't think Jesus would have been happy with them if that's how they are behaving. And, you know, my own relationship with God and the universe has had a long windy up and down road. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe in something. I believe in a higher power. I believe in the universe and manifesting and in, a, in my own version of God. And I think it comes down to that. Like I think everyone's version of God is different and For sure. you just have to, you know, treat people with kindness and respect and acceptance. And that's what the universe wants or God or Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
Uh, I have a few kind of rapid fire questions. Let's go for it. Um, what's one way that if someone listening lives in an area, maybe maybe it's like I grew up in, more small town, more conservative Christian, um, less like LA for lack of better words. Either they don't know anyone who's transgender or identifies uh, differently than them. Or they don't know that they know someone mm. who is transgender or identifies differently than them. But they want to invite that perspective into their life. They want to be a more inclusive human being and hear those stories outside of listening to a podcast like mine, A Longer Table. Do you have any suggestions? Do you have anything that could help? Because uh, I think there's a lot of really awesome people all around the world that just um, happen to be in areas that are so different from LA, for example, and they're not, they don't get that exposure as much. So they're like, I think sometimes I've heard people say like, I feel like I'm capped on my growth Hmm. in that sort of way. Any suggestions? Well, you're never capped on growth. It's impossible because we're ever evolving. Um, That's just the human species. But, um, (laughs) but um, yeah, follow me on Instagram. Uh, Follow other trans people on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, that's where you're going to hear our opinions. That's where you're going to watch our life unfold and see that we're, you know, like everyone else and see how we feel on certain things. Um, every trans person, again, is different. So everyone has a different opinion on things. Um, and I think that's a huge way is like following trans talent and trans celebrities, trans YouTubers. It's really important because that's where you're getting our perspective. That's where you're hearing our thoughts and opinions that and you can relay in other tough conversations with other people. Um, reading our literature watching our documentaries there's the the number one suggestion i have to watch is called disclosure doc okay it's i haven't on, heard, i have not seen this it's on netflix okay laverne cox produced it she's in it um it is the number one way to explain how trans people got so ostracized it is fantastic. Okay. Um, so yeah, tr- uh, it's called Disclosure Doc or we will, Disclosure. We'll link that in the show notes yeah. for sure. Okay, this is a fun one. I um, had a son a year ago and we did not have a quote unquote gender reveal. Mm. We did what I call a sex reveal. I just said, I want to know if he has a penis or a vagina when he was growing in me. Um, maybe that's not okay or not right or politically correct. I'll own that if if not. I'd love your opinion on parents. They're excited. They want to know if they're having a little boy or a little girl. Do we do we hold that excitement, but also with open hands that they may not end up identifying with their assigned gender? Or should we go about it all a different way? I mean, listen, do what you got to do. Um, I would rather do like a Zodiac reveal. Like, oh, my baby's going to be a Gemini. And they might not be. You know, they might end up coming a couple days early or weeks later, right? Oh, I don't true. Know. Shia, I, yeah, he was um, definitely early, and I don't know if that would have changed his sign. I'm right. Not super, I'm not super familiar with all the signs and stuff. But, you you know, you get the point, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, so I'm not a big gender reveal person. I don't really care. Like, my cousin had one. I didn't love it. I did not wear pink or blue, and I just went to support um, because that child's going to tell you. Um, and it could make your dreams come true or not, but, like, 
I don't think my mom ever sat and thought, oh, my you know, child is going to come out as trans. But like she worked with it. She moved on. She wanted her kids to be happy. And I think that's what parents should do. They should just want their kids to be happy. Have your excitement. Find it out. I think in this world of social media and comparison and keeping up with the Jones is like everyone wants to like have this big reveal. And like it's just so ridiculous. Like no one was doing that when I was even in college. It's so new to yeah. be doing these gender reveals and these things like that. So do whatever you got to do, I guess. Don't start any fires. Don't get anyone killed. <laughs> yes. Don't like literally like be crazy. But like you have a couple family over, whatever. You share it with your followers of 100 people. Great. Do whatever you got to do. Um, but just know that your child might one day tell you that they are non-binary or they're transgender or they're fluid or whatever it is. Or in sexuality, they're gay, they're a lesbian, they're bisexual, they're pan, whatever it may be. Take it. And just know that you can't parent out of fear. You've got to parent for what's best for your child. And I have a suggestion for a book. It's called The Transgender Child or A Transgender Child. I think it's The Transgender Child. It's green and white. Um, And it's the book that my therapist therapist had read and my mom had read and my principal in my school had read. And it changed their life and changed my life. Um, And I suggest for anyone who is interested in reading that about their future kids or their kids now or just interested, it's called The Transgender Child. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. We'll link that other recommendation as well. I have not heard of it, um, but I'm always looking to learn. And yeah, just really appreciate your openness. Um, Last kind of rapid fire question here is ultimately, how can people, all of us in our everyday lives, uh, contribute to a world where everyone feels safe to be themselves? Again, I think it comes back to that general acceptance. Um, You know, we should not be bothered with other people. We have to worry about ourselves. Um, Take care of your mental health. Take care of you. Take care, you know, of your family and your friends. But you can't judge someone or uh, think negatively of someone for doing something that's not how you would do something or not how you would want everything to go you can't control anyone but yourself so just focus on you and don't focus on anyone else and we'll we'll be good yeah I think that we have to get to this place of just general acceptance and respect for everybody no matter what um obviously if it's a convicted serial killer that's something different yeah something that's harming everyone else Mm -hmm. but like you know for the every day we've just got to like focus on ourselves and respect everyone else and be open to a different way of life you don't have to love it but be open to learning about it and if you don't want to learn about it just be open to hearing it and accepting it and moving on with your life yeah or at least just stay out of the way and leave people alone exactly yeah yeah wow Well, I mean, it might seem very elementary and basic to you, but I know for me and probably a lot of people listening, this is a really a big conversation, a lot to chew on. So perhaps we'll do a part two and we can go deeper. But I love I'm really, really grateful. So thank you for your openness. And um, we'll be obviously following along and linking these resources and learning together. Um, So, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is so great. Thank you.